Hello everyone and welcome to the Strength Actually podcast. My name is Lindsay and I'll be your host. This podcast is a safe, judgment-free space where we'll be unpacking the typically patriarchal narrative around strength and asking, what does it really mean to be strong? I'll be bringing you big sister energy to answer the questions you've always wanted to ask but have felt too scared or intimidated to. We'll be covering everything from strength physically to strength in relationships, parenting and times of hardship. No question is off limits. This week, you asked me how to find strength through difficult situations, navigating perimenopause and how it impacts strength training, and how to get people to stop making comments on your body. Let's get into it. Hey Lindsay, I love my job. I have a really good team and I've been working there for a really long time. However, we've recently employed some new staff and I am having some real difficulty with one of them. I don't want to give too much information just in case anyone who works with me listens to this, but we are having some really, really difficult situations at work. It's really impacting my mental well-being. I don't know how to deal with them and I've started to resent my job and not want to go in. This is a really unusual feeling for me because I genuinely really love what I do and I want to try and move past it. How can I find strength to navigate difficult situations at work? This is such an amazing question and I'm really, really glad that someone asked it. I don't obviously have a lot of context about the situation itself. However, I do want to talk about three rules that I apply to any difficult situation. Now, this is not actually my own original advice. This is advice that was given to me by a very, very good friend of mine whom I am so grateful to know because she has taught me many, many life lessons. And this is the one that has stuck with me and helped me through a lot of difficult situations. For the past couple of years, I have been put through the ringer when it comes to difficult situations, both at work and personally. And I know that a lot of people will be able to relate to that. And these three rules honestly have been a game changer for me. So I'm going to talk to you about what the three rules are. I really do apologise if this is a super well-known concept and I don't know who the originator was, um, but if anyone does, um, please let me know so that I can give them credit. So the three rules are take the emotion out of it, stick to the facts and focus on the outcome that you want. So this is what I apply to every single difficult conversation or situation that I come across. Take the emotion out of it. Absolute game changer. How many times have you reacted to a situation on immediate emotions and then on reflection felt regret? When we lead from this emotional place, we tend to react and not respond, which can then make a difficult situation even worse. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong here. I am not saying to dismiss your emotions. You absolutely have to feel your feelings and you can absolutely voice them. But take some time to unpack what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. That can really help you to realise if your perception of the situation is the reality or not. And when you can remove these emotive reactions, you're also less likely to attack or react defensively, which is always super super handy when you're dealing with a difficult situation if we let things get too emotive and we come to something like a difficult conversation or approach or try to navigate a difficult situation 
full of emotion, it's really, really hard to think rationally. And that's why the first rule is to take the emotion out of it. Now, you can do this in loads of different ways. You can have a conversation, like uh, a pretend, a role play conversation where you say all the emotive things that you want to say. You could say these emotive things to someone else, someone that you trust and that you love and that loves you and that will be happy just to hear them for you or role play back with you. You could write it down somewhere so you can write down everything that you're feeling. Just make sure that you do take some time to let yourself feel, okay? I'm really, really not saying to dismiss your feelings and to push them down and ignore them. I'm just saying, recognise what those emotions are, recognise what is the reality and what is the facts. And that leads us in to the next rule. The next rule is stick to the facts. This one comes up for me so much. Honestly, I don't know how many times I've spun stories based on what I assume people are thinking. I am very, very good at attaching a narrative to things. I always have been. (laughs) It's part of how my brain works. And the thing is, we judge everyone by our own moral compass. And that often makes it really hard for us to understand why people behave in ways that we don't expect them to. There's also social media, which gives us so much access to people's lives in a way that we have never had before. So it's no surprise that we get frustrated that someone is posted on their story, but not replied to a text or an email. Social media is creating this like boundaryless world and technology has given us the expectation that people should be tapped in all of the time. And we then, as humans, we then tend to create our own version of scenarios that can really, really disrupt relationships. So when you stick to the facts, you give people the benefit of the doubt, meaning that you're able to approach a situation with more clarity and less ego. You're able to go into the conversation or the situation being like, okay, what are the facts? You know, remove that narrative that we're attaching to it and really be so strict with yourself at just sticking to the facts. What do you know to be true? And how can you use that to support you in this situation? And the final rule is to focus on the outcome that you want. This is my absolute favourite rule. We can get so bogged down by the little things and we totally lose perspective. I've seen my past self grip onto an argument like an actual bulldog, you know, like with proper lockjaw, just because and go back and forth getting all wound up when in reality the outcome wasn't one that mattered to me anyway. This has a lot to do with my rejection sensitivity and I'm not saying that your experience is the same as mine but I think sometimes we can get really wrapped up in arguing about something or or holding on to something just because. When you focus on the outcome that you want in any given situation it's a brilliant way to step outside the intensity of the moment and get clear on what is really, really important and what you can let go of. You know, sometimes people make mistakes. We're all human. And again, I don't have context for this situation, so it's hard for me to give specific advice. But, you know, if someone has made a mistake and it has let you down and you're feeling all those feelings about being let down, you know, it's like take the emotion out of it okay and just look at it objectively and then think about what are the facts not 
oh, they did that because they're so lazy and, you know, they're they're always like too busy on their phone and, you know, it's they don't work as hard as me. You know, we don't know these things to be factual. So what are the facts? You know, they did this and this was the outcome. And what is the outcome that I want from that? Do I want that person to know that it, that's not okay with me and that can't happen again because of the impact it has on the business or everyone else's workload? Do I want to, what kind of relationship do I want to have with this person going forward? You know, once you've taken your emotion out of it and you've stuck to the facts, you can really support that person in a learning opportunity rather than berating them and projecting all of your stress about how you're going to have to fix this thing onto them. I'm not saying that you pretend it wasn't that important, but I guess there's always that question, how important is it? And is what you're feeling a result of your emotional response to the situation? What is the reality here? What is really going to be the outcome? And what's the outcome that you want? Those three rules honestly are just a complete and utter game changer for me. They really, really help me and they give me so much distance. I call them now my rules to live by, honestly. And that's thanks to my really, really good friend who shared them with me. They give me just this sense of perspective. I'm able to coach myself out of a lot of reactive responses to things. And that's when I do that, I'm not showing up as the person that I want to be. I'm not showing up as the leader that I want to be, as the friend, as the partner, as the mother. You know, it, it's, it really, really helps me to just get a bit of reflection and to navigate stuff that's really hard. It's a lot of the stuff I find that I'm finding hard, particularly in like a work-based setting, is happening to me because of my wounding in my experience in life of social conditioning of you know of things that I have that I've been through and you know of that then affect me of being a woman working in a male-dominated environment and with that comes a lot of emotion and you know like I've said multiple times that's not wrong it's not wrong to feel we're human we have to feel but our feelings are not facts and whilst it's so important to feel the things, you know, and to work through that, why am I feeling this? It's also really helpful to then be able to park that emotion to deal with the situation, because ultimately in work-based situations, we have to keep working together. <laughs> and you, you don't want to have to be dreading your work or looking for another job or, you know, you said it's impacting your mental well-being, so really want to find a way to navigate it that's going to have a positive outcome and I guess the overall outcome for you is that you want to be able to enjoy your job and go back to having a good working life and working relationships so how can you how can that happen you know if it is like a difficult conversation that has to be had or if there is one person you know like you mentioned new employees it's kind of causing extra conflict we can't change other people right but we can change how we respond to other people's behaviours. And these three rules are just such incredible tools for helping us to navigate that kind of thing. I'm wishing you so much love and luck and I would love to know how you get on. Hey Lindsay, I would love to hear more about navigating perimenopause and training. 
I've found that as I move through my 40s, I'm finding it hard to accept my changing body, both outwardly, but I also can't train the way that I used to. My energy and hormone fluctuations and new aches and pains are frustrating and disheartening. Mentally, I just want to embrace it and be grateful for a healthy body that I can move, but I can't shake the frustration and comparison. Help. I want you to know that you are not alone. Thank you so much for asking this incredibly important question. And this is not something that we talk about often. Okay, things are changing, you know, with the rise of people going through perimenopause and menopause, like Davina McCall and other celebrities, there is more conversation around menopause. However, there is still very little research into the effects of menopause on training. I mean, I actually don't know of much medical research. And if anyone does, please point me in that direction. But the thing with athleticism when it comes to people who menstruate is that there are a lot of variables, right? So traditionally, sports coaching has asked us to eliminate that variable by going on to hormonal contraception. And then a lot of athletes or people who would invoke that um, medical research to do with menopause and periods, etc., and how it impacts athletic training, they then maybe go on to have children or retire from their careers because we cannot be in high level competitive athleticism for our whole lives because it isn't set up that way. And the conversation kind of ends there, right? So there really isn't a lot of information and it is, menopause is such a hot topic right now. And that's, I think that is absolutely incredible. And I want us to keep having these conversations. So I'm really, really grateful that you have asked about this. I don't have experience of perimenopause or menopause. I'm not in that phase of my life just yet. And I have been quite, resistant to talking about it because I am the type of person who wants to make sure I have done a lot of research before I talk about something. So for the past few years I have, I've been doing some more research into menopause. I know that perimenopause years are approaching for me and I am best at leading about something when I also have personal experience of it. Now, I can't have personal experience of everything, but I do coach a lot of things. So what I'm going to do with this question is I'm going to just get out of my own way and I'm going to talk to you like I would if you'd asked me this question in person. And I'm going to try to give you the best advice that I can. But what I'm also going to do is in the show notes, I'm going to put some accounts that you should follow and people that you should engage with that are way more knowledgeable about this topic than me. And I am going to continue to research because I am really, really passionate about making the fitness industry a better place for all humans. And you absolutely deserve to take up space in this industry. You deserve to be here. You deserve to have somewhere that is inclusive and supportive of your needs and not just of the the needs that we currently know about that the you know the coaching that is easier to do it's it's not on and it's not fair and so thank you for prompting me to answer this question and also me to do even more research so you have said that as you move through your 40s you're finding it hard to accept your change in body 
And in some ways I can relate to that because I have a body that has changed over the past 36 years of my life. And particularly in the past three or four years, I have noticed that my metabolism is a lot slower, that I gain weight a lot more quickly, that my body has really changed in terms of the lean muscle mass that I have and compositionally just how my body looks. And I have had some demons come up. You know, I want to be fully honest and transparent and say that, you know, I've heard those little voices telling me that I'm not good enough. I'm not, am I really a personal trainer? Do I really lift weights? People won't look at me and be inspired because I don't look shredded and like super muscly anymore. And at a time in my life, I did look like that. And I think that I don't, I don't know who's asked this question and I don't have context, but when you're saying that your body is changing, I presume that it has looked different, more maybe more athletic at at one point and that's what you're feeling this comparison to and that can make it really really hard because you are looking back on yourself and thinking well I looked like that at one point why can't I look like this now and I totally get that and you're absolutely not alone in those feelings. The second kicker which I can absolutely relate to because I have for the past seven eight years been navigating really really extreme burnout that I am still trying I mean I genuinely only feel like I'm recovering from it this year so I went from being super super athletic athleticism being my career being able to do loads of things being able to recover really quickly to having this body that really struggled to recover that really couldn't do very much that I could push myself to do things but I would really feel it aches pains injuries and especially like in terms of my energetic capacity it would be really limited and has been for a long time so I know it's not the same because I've been in a process of recovering from something but I guess there's a bit of a way that I can relate and and I know that no one not everyone cares whether I can relate or not but for me this is this is part of my process and and for me as a listener I always feel less alone when someone can relate to me so that's what I'm attempting to offer to you. It is really hard when your body's changing and on top of that you are also feeling like you can't do as much as you were doing before so we're saying to you you know focus on what your body can do not on what it looks like but you're like but my body could do things before that it now can't do and that's fucking devastating I want to just like make space for that and honor that and say that like I totally recognize and get that and that you know your feelings are absolutely valid your feelings are always valid and you are allowed to feel them those uncomfortable feelings like it's okay to feel them so please don't be attaching any shame to yourself for those feelings but you have hit the nail on the head where you've said mentally I just want to embrace it and be grateful for a healthy body and it does come with adaptation right you know I hate to reference the pandemic here but here we go I'm gonna do it you know you remember when we went through the pandemic I mean not that it's not that we're out of it yet but you know like the start of COVID-19 pandemic and it was like everyone's to be at home everything is shut and we had to adapt, right? We were we were forced to adapt to our circumstances. And, you know, 
it's not the best point of reference because it was a really difficult time for for a lot of us and I don't want to be dismissive of that but we had to start you know we didn't say let's just like go really basic here and say you didn't have a garden you didn't have barbells at home so you started doing body weight stuff you know and you were thinking okay like I can get through this I can do this I can make adaptations oh hold on a minute I haven't done body weight stuff for ages I'm actually really enjoying this and I guess it's a similar theme it's like things are changing you know your body is different your life experience is different what you you have the capacity for is different you're older you're you're changing you're transitioning you're going through this chrysalis this like you're you're coming out you know you're you're about to go through the change of life which is massively massively transformative from what I hear and from what I've learned and from what I've listened to but we live in a world that is not supportive of that we live in a world that says yeah 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 wow big change you know you're coming to the end of your menstrual cycle everything's changing for you but could you still just behave like a 20 year old like, could you still just work to the same capacity and work out to the same capacity? And also, could you just try and look the same? You know, this is the world that we live in. And that is where I believe those feelings are coming from. It's that social conditioning that is saying, well, you're a bit worthless now, aren't you? I mean, you passed your prime, which, by the way, is absolute bullshit. It's bullshit. You know, I know plenty of people who have gone through or are in perimenopause and have gone come through to the other side of menopause and who feel like a much stronger much more resilient much happier version of themselves than they did when they had fluctuating hormones so it's bullshit to say that we're past you know that's just complete patriarchal conditioning but it's there isn't it, it exists and we feel that way and the thing is is like when we were pre- like if you've had children when you were pregnant like when you're postnatal if you've had children like when we went through the covid-19 pandemic like when anything happens in your life you move house you 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 go through grief you, we have to make these adaptations but for some reason we don't allow people to do that when they go through this massive transition now i'm not saying that you have to stop lifting weights and take up pilates not to diss pilates because pilates is awesome but if weightlifting is your thing, I'm not saying that you have to start doing yoga all the time. Again, not this and yoga, yoga also awesome. All I'm saying is that maybe we have to offer ourselves some kindness and some compassion and recognise that, okay, so I'm going to keep focusing on what I can do. What I can do looks different from what I could do 10 years ago, but what I can do can still be pretty badass. And I think the way to to make your training work for you is to find your your fences and your boundaries and to go to them and that's going to take a bit of trial and error you know it's going to be a bit of right okay so you know a couple of years ago I could train five times a week and you know it really helps with my mental well-being and I trained like this so it's like okay so maybe I need a day in between you know lifting weights has an impact on your central nervous system so Maybe I need a day in between. So what can I do to recover? Okay, maybe you're the type of person who still needs exercise, who still needs to move their body. Hello, friend, I can relate. That is absolutely me too. So what kind of things would work for active recovery? 
how can I help myself to recover so that I can get back into the gym and lift those weights and feel like the absolute badass that I am so there's that element of it first of all looking at your overall training and being like right how can I make these adaptations that still give me what I want and still allow me to lift and do things but take that pressure off I am not that person from my 30s I am this amazing person who is now in my 40s and here are the things that make me feel good I know it's going to take some time to find them but you can find them and I would I would really love to help you with that if you are a member of SLAM or if you are someone who can access me in person or online I would really like to help you with those adaptations and so please do reach out to me about that Then there's thinking about, okay, what else helps with recovery or what else is going to help me live a full and happy life? Sleep. Sleep is the ultimate, okay? Sleep is like your big sister, best friend, like the person you just never want to leave your life. (laughs) Sleep is so important. And I know that sleep can be disrupted um, with hormone changes. And as we are in perimenopause with hot, hot flushes and the way that our heart the hormones are fluctuating there can be insomnia so it's looking at your sleep and thinking okay so how can I support my sleep pattern what kind of things can I do and in I can say this like from my recovery from burnout I know that it is dull AF to treat yourself like a little baby who needs to switch off all electronic devices at eight o'clock and take an hour to read a book and have some sleepy tea and probably a bath. Like I get it (laughs) because I had to do it and I still have to do it. I absolutely still have to treat myself that way because the way that I experience stress in my life still has a major impact on me. So I have to make sure that my best friend of sleep is always being well looked after. So how can you do that in your life? I appreciate some of those things I said were a luxury. If you're an independent parent, if you've got young kids, if you work late nights, you know, so how can you make that work for you? And how can you make sure that you're getting as much recovery as possible? Even if you're waking up early, is it possible to stay in your bed a bit longer or just be in your bed? Can you nap? Can you even just do like a yoga nidra meditation? for like 10 minutes like I totally appreciate and I hope that this doesn't sound like woo-woo but it really can make a major difference just to even lie down with your legs up the wall you know you're giving yourself access to this recovery extra recovery credits think of it as and you build that up in your toolbox and it gives you more resilience which helps you to recover from exercise and also helps with your energetic output and then looking at your hydration are you getting enough water this was a major major like thing for me because I'm always telling people I drink loads of water I only drink water so I'm super hydrated actually I really don't drink enough water for the activity levels that I do so if you are up there you know with more than 30 minutes of exercise a day Or even I think if you were just hitting 30 minutes a day, that would still be a fairly active person in comparison to the whole population. You're going to be wanting to get a lot of water in. So how are your hydration levels? And I personally wouldn't count caffeine and tea and things like that or like diluting juice or anything. I would just count straight water and try to get enough water for you and your body weight and the activity levels that you do. It seems so 
mundane and rubbish but it does make a massive massive difference and in looking at your nutrition you know are you getting enough nutrients in that supplements like magnesium vitamin d these can be really really helpful um as our bodies go through hormone changes i mean i'm not a nutritional expert so you know please don't take this as golden advice please go and look into the types of supplements that might be helpful but things like um starflower oil can be really helpful especially with like mood and things like that um we actually did a guest blog and we have a menopause support download as well that you can access via our website with a menopause empowerment coach so that had a lot more like specific information of things that you can look into but generally looking at your sleep your nutrition your hydration how can you get into your body the things that you need how can you take the recovery time that you need and then just pure utter compassion for yourself this bit is hard for me to say because i do find it quite hard to say things that are like hard hitting and super truthful but i think it's time to let go i think you have to let go of the person that you were before that person was amazing and they got you to this point in your life but this person who you are right now is also fucking amazing and you have all of this life experience that let's be honest like it's not guaranteed it's not guaranteed that you're going to even get to this age and i don't mean that to be like oh just suck it up you know be grateful that you're alive i mean it like you have so much purpose and gift and meaning in this world and so much validity to be here so let's let go of that person you were before and let's start focusing on this person that you are now who is by the sounds of just your question an absolute badass incredible human and give yourself compassion some days you might not make it to the gym you might wake up and you might think actually fuck this like i don't even want to get off my couch let yourself have a bit of time on the couch maybe your body needs more recovery and the thing with perimenopause and menopause is it is a transition so it is not going to last forever and it, it, i can imagine it probably feels like that right now and it is it absolutely sucks that this world is not set up to be supportive of people going through this transition it absolutely sucks and the fitness industry is so behind on being supportive but if you can make these adaptations if you can be compassionate with yourself if you can look into this person who you're becoming and allow them to absolutely flourish and to stand up and and be you know this body has got you all the way through your life so far this body is yeah maybe it is softer maybe it is bigger but that isn't bad these things are not bad because that comes from that bullshit conditioning i talked about earlier that tells you that you are not good enough unless you are slim unless you are super toned unless you have loads of muscle mass on show unless you have no lines on your face and honestly like fuck that one last thing I'm going to say because this is almost a whole episode of me answering this question is that you and 
your body are absolutely amazing. You are so worthy right now, right this second, you're so worthy no matter what you look like, no matter what you can do. And the one final piece of advice I would give you is, what are you training for? What is your why behind your training? What does it bring you? What does it give you? And one of the most amazing, most underrated things about strength training in particular is that it helps us train for later in life. You know, when we get older and we fall and we are hospitalised, the percentage of people who will not recover from that is really high if you are not strength training. If you are strength training and you have the strong ligaments and muscles and joints to support a fall, you're less likely to need hospitalised and less like and more likely to recover and more likely to have a longer life. So maybe there's also a potential reframe of what you're training for and thinking, you know, I'm training so I can still sit down on the toilet when I get older and get back up again. Genuinely, like I'm speaking from my own heart here, that is why I'm training. I'm training so that I can still play with my grandkids if I have any if when I'm older. I am training so that I can still get up and down from the floor. I'm training so that if I drop something, I can pick it back up again. Genuinely, I'm training for my independence because I do not know what this life is going to throw at me. And I want to make sure that my body is as strong as fuck to tackle that. And I know that's part of what you said. I can hear that that is part of why you're training, but it's frustrating that you're not able to keep going at the capacity that you think you need to in order to do that. And that's potentially where I could help you or potentially where another coach who has experience of coaching people who go through hormone cycles and hormone fluctuations might be able to support you. So please do reach out. I really hope that's helpful. I went deep for that. So um, I do hope that it was meaningful for people. Please do share it with anyone that you think it will be. And thank you so, so much for your vulnerability and your honesty. You have got this. Hey Lindsay, I've been working really hard to become body neutral. I have a history of eating disorders and a past toxic relationship with exercise and reframing my thoughts around my body has really helped me live a happier life. I'm naturally very slim and for some reason I find that people feel it's okay to constantly comment on my body. I'll get what folks think of as compliments, things like you're so tiny or I wish I was as skinny as you. The thing is, I don't see these as compliments. I worry that I look too thin and then some of my past behaviours get triggered. How do I find strength to deal with this? Firstly, I want to start off by saying that no one has the right to comment on your body. And I know that people get this idea that saying someone is so tiny or that saying someone oh have you lost weight or anything like that that this is a compliment and that compliments are okay however we do not know what people are going through in their lives we do not know how they feel about their bodies and like you've said you have past experience of toxic relationship with food and exercise you've worked really hard to overcome that But you also still have some triggers, which is totally fair enough. And when someone is thinking that they're giving you a compliment because in their eyes you have an ideal body type, so therefore it makes it okay to comment on your body, 
then that's when it gets really difficult. And the thing is, it's never okay to comment on someone's body. So I just want to acknowledge that and let you know that you are not alone in feeling frustrated about this and that I'm really sorry that this is happening to you. In terms of finding strength to deal with it, it's probably going to be quite uncomfortable. But it's time for you to start putting in a boundary. It's time for you to start saying to people, I actually don't like it when people comment on my body. Please, can you not do that? And I know, like, especially as women, we feel conditioned, we've been conditioned to not say anything that might rock the boat or not say anything that comes across as mean and to always be nice. But this is your body. This is your life. And you're absolutely allowed to put a boundary in and tell people that you do not want them to comment on your body. And you don't have to explain to them why you feel that way or why you don't want them to make comments on your body. You can explain as much of that or as little as that if, as you like. Just saying, please don't make comments on my body is a complete sentence and you don't have to elaborate any further than that. If anyone is listening to this and they're thinking, well, I don't see the problem. It's a compliment. You should just take a compliment and be happy with it. I want to remind you of what I said earlier is that we do not know the position that people are in. Looking at someone who has lost weight in your eyes, they might have lost weight for a multitude of different reasons. They might, similarly to this listener, they might have a experience with disordered eating or they might have they might be going through a disease or cancer treatment or a major stressor in their life that is causing them to lose weight. Not everyone chooses to lose weight for aesthetic reasons. Not everyone is losing weight as a choice. And also some people live in smaller bodies. And when we, when we make comments on their bodies all the time, we are reducing their worth as a human down to just what their body looks like. And so therefore, are we saying that because they're slim or because they're so skinny or whatever these compliments are that we think are compliments, are we saying that their bodies are better? We're just perpetuating this narrative that women are only the sum of their bodies, that their worth is only in how they look, which is how we get to a place where when we start to get older or our bodies start to change, that we feel all of this shame around it, that we feel the need to punish ourselves, to go on extreme diets, to do extreme exercise, because we've been taught our whole lives that our bodies are our whole worth and that in order for them to be worthy, they have to be small. And that's why I am so passionate about stopping us from making these comments on people's bodies. If you want to compliment someone, give them a compliment that's not appearance related, like, I love the way you dealt with that situation in work today. I'm so inspired by the way that you speak to people. You're such an incredible mother. I'm really, I really love being around you and your kids. It's so comforting for me to be around such a positive environment when it comes to parenting. That was amazing, that thing that you did, that thing that you achieved, whatever it is, you know, there are so many other ways that you can compliment people. You make me feel safe to be myself. I love being around you. I'm grateful for your friendship. You're such a wonderful, kind person. There are many, many things we can say to people to give them a compliment that's not related to their bodies. So I'm not saying don't compliment people. I mean, compliments are lovely, but let's not make it about people's bodies because we never know what folks are going through. And to make this assumption 
that because someone is small or because they have lost weight that they are ultimately just really super happy with themselves and have no issues and nothing's going on in their life is a falsehood and we have to be really really mindful of that. Listener I really really hope that helps start putting those boundaries in place you can do this I believe in you and just think that even if you don't feel quite strong enough to do that for yourself Think about all of the future generations of girls and women coming behind you who will benefit from you making some noise about this. You got this, sis. Wonderful humans, that is all we have time for today. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on the Strength Actually podcast, for submitting your questions and for daring to be vulnerable. It means so much to me to have you here and I cannot wait to hear what you ask next week. If you'd love to drop me a question, you can do so via the link in the show notes. And until next time, stay strong, friends.